0: Death, He prays and earnestly addresses himself to God for mercy. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me. Verse 1. This excellent psalm was composed by him when there was enough to discompose the best man in the world. The repetition notes both the extremity of the danger and the ardency of the supplicant. Mercy, mercy, nothing but mercy and that exerting itself in an extraordinary way, can now save him from ruin. The arguments he pleads for obtaining mercy in this distress are very considerable. First, he pleads his reliance upon God as an argument to move mercy. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Verse 1. This is trust and dependence on God, though it is not an argument in respect of the dignity of the act, yet it is so in respect of the nature of the object, a compassionate God, who will not expose any that take shelter under his wings. Also in respect of the promise by which protection is assured to them that fly to him for sanctuary. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah chapter 26 verse three. Thus he encourages himself from the consideration of that God in whom he trusts. He pleads former experiences of his help in past distresses as an argument encouraging hope under the present strait. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me, verse two. In these words, I shall consider two things, the duty resolved upon and the encouragement to that resolution. The duty resolved upon, I will cry unto God. Crying unto God is an expression that denotes not only prayer, but intense and fervent prayer. To cry is to pray in a holy passion, and such are usually speeding prayers. See Psalm 18, verse 6, and Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. The encouragements to this resolution are taken from the sovereignty of God and from the experience he had of his providence. The sovereignty of God. I will cry unto God most high. Upon this he acts his faith in extremity of danger. Saul is high, but God is the most high, and without his permission he is assured Saul cannot touch him. He had none to help, and if he had, He knew God must first help the helpers, or they cannot help him. He had no means of defense or escape before him, but the Most High is not limited by means. This is a singular prop to faith. See Psalm 59, verse 9. The experience of his providence hitherto, unto God that performeth all things for me. The word which we translate, performeth, comes from a root that signifies both. To perfect and to desist or cease. For when a business is performed and perfected, the agent then ceases and desists from working. To such a happy issue, the Lord has brought all his doubtful and difficult matters before, and this gives him encouragement that he will still be gracious and perfect that which concerns him now, as he speaks, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Psalm 138, verse 8. The Septuagint renders Psalm 57 verse 2, The well-doer saving me, who profits or benefits me. And it is a certain truth that all the results and issues of providence are profitable and beneficial to the saints. But the supplement in our translation well conveys the sense of the text, who performeth all things. And it involves the most strict and proper notion of providence which is nothing else but the performance of God's gracious purposes and promises to his people. And therefore, Vitabulus and muez supply and fill up the room left by the conciseness of the original with which he hath promised. Thus, I will cry unto God Most High, unto God that performeth the things which he hath promised. Payment is the performance of promises. Grace makes the promise, and providence the payment. Piscator fills it thus, Unto God that performeth his kindness and mercy. But still it supposes...